Welcome to another episode of Dynasty. Dynasty is a sports and analytics podcast that started at the end of the last NBA season. Therefore, a lot of the things we speculate on will have already happened, like where will Paul George go? Will Joel Embiid stay healthy? And who will the Celtics take number one? It is a lot of fun to go back and see all the things we got right and wrong. Also, at the end of today's episode, we will be announcing a special giveaway, so make sure you listen to the entire episode. Enjoy. A man takes one red paperclip and trades it for a fist-shaped pen. The same day, he traded that pen for a hand-sculpted doorknob. A few weeks later, the doorknob for a camp stove, then the stove for a generator, and a generator for an instant party. Basically a keg and neon Budweiser sign. He then traded the party away for an old snowmobile. The snowmobile for a two-person trip to Yak, British Columbia. The trip for a box truck. The truck for a recording contract with Metalworks in Ontario. The contract for a year's rent in Phoenix, Arizona. The year's rent for an afternoon with Alice Cooper. The afternoon with Alice Cooper for a Kiss motorized snow globe. The snow globe for a role in a movie. Action! And finally, after almost a year, the role in a movie for a two-story farmhouse in Saskatchewan. One Red Paperclip was a blog created by Kyle McDonald, documenting his real-life version of Bigger Better, a game where you take a small, almost worthless object and keep trading up until you get something of real value. In this game, you are always relying on others to make trades with you. They might value your thing more than you do. They might have too many of their thing. There may be a lot of their thing out there and not a lot of your thing, fluctuating the supply and demand. Or they just may be plain stupid and make a bad trade. A lot of times, basketball is a game of bigger better. GMs or general managers collect and trade things called assets. Assets take on many forms, but more on that later. In today's show, we're going to talk about ways basketball organizations build a team. My brother and I, Ryan, you know, the tall one from the last episode, discuss a controversial man named Sam Hankey, discuss the benefits of tanking, and if you could pick any player to build a team around, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, who would it be? Millions of people watch the NBA every season rooting for their favorite team, or picking their favorite players. My name is Dylan Garvin, and I'm more interested in the game outside of the game. In this simple game that involves one ball, two hoops, and ten players, how do you crack the code and build the perfect team? This is Dynasty. Welcome to Dynasty Podcast. Today we're talking about assets. So I would define an asset as anything of value that can be used or exchanged. Yeah. Asset. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything. I mean, in terms of basketball-wise, I would say the same idea. Yeah, I think when you're talking about basketball, you have three main categories. You have your draft pick. Yeah which is coming up players under current contract or rights to players. Uh So that's either through free agency or trading or through the draft. And then one that's come up recently is cap space, which like the 76ers have used, the Brooklyn Nets are looking to use. Or to take on contracts. Yeah, just the idea that 
you only have so much money you can spend. So it is actually a valuable asset. Say you have $40 million in cap space and there's another team who's looking to contend. They want to get rid of a player that they spent way too much money on. Yeah, yeah. They'll trade you that player and they'll trade you like a draft pick to compensate you for it. And that's what they just did with Tiago Splitter, right? Yeah. They took on his contract. Yeah, Andrew Bogut this year. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that coming up when we're talking about salary cap and trade deadline and free agency. So that'll be in a couple of weeks. But today, I kind of want to talk about just what is an asset. So let me start you with this question. Who is Sam Hinkie? <laughs> he's, a, he's a Jesus Christ of basketball. He died for our sins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Sam Hinkie is one that left the Sixers after doing so much collecting assets and that was his mindset right just collect 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 the best asset and then hopefully trade away to fit all the parts and that's where they're at now with their team if you ask me i'll continue to talk about we should try to keep our end goal in mind which is to build a championship caliber team in philly so to fill in you listeners who don't know sam hankey was the general manager for the 76ers from 2012 until 2016. So here's our 76ers bias. The 76ers were the eighth seed. They made it to the playoffs. They had Andre Iguodala, Elton Brand, Evan Turner, last time been Spencer in Hawes, last time they made the playoffs. And his mindset was eighth seed wasn't good enough, but they were kind of stuck in the purgatory of, okay, we're not bad enough to get really good draft picks, but we're not good enough to actually contend. So we're just stuck here. And every time the draft comes up, we're getting these picks from 20 to 25 that are good role players, but we'd be super lucky if they became starters or mm-hmm. superstars. So his idea was everything has value. So every player that I have has value. Every dollar in my cap space has value and all those things are assets. So I'm going to use all those assets that aren't going to help me now. So Evan Turner, number two pick, I'm going to trade him away for what I can. Well, keep in mind, Joel Embiid missed two seasons. Ben Simmons missed this season. New Orleans, no Their idea was, okay, most important asset to us is the draft because we're going to get a really high draft pick, which normally in the NBA picks one through about five, sometimes only the number one pick, sometimes one through three, but it's very top-heavy are the superstars. That's normally where they come from. That's LeBron James. That's Carmelo Anthony, Michael Jordan. You name it, all those guys were top three picks. And so his idea was we're going to bank everything on those. And those are more valuable than signing free agency because in the NBA, there's something um, called a rookie salary. So you only have to pay a rookie so much, and they're under control for four years. Mm -hmm. And you have a team option, which means that you decide if you want to keep them So basically, you have them for four years. After the four years are up, they get paid a little more if you want to keep them, but you have rights to them. So if any team wants to give them a contract and they accept it, you can say, hey, we'll match that. Yeah. So anyways, Sam Hinkie decided we're going to bank all our assets on draft picks. The number one pick in the 2016 NBA draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. That's kind of been a popular thing lately, tanking, which... Tank season. Blow it up is what they say. Yeah. Every team just blow it up. When you're not in the position to win, you might as well lose. At least that is the philosophy of tanking. In the NBA, the teams with the worst records get the best odds of landing top picks in the draft through a lottery. 
While tanking has been done for decades, most teams would only do it for a year and were never explicit that they were intending to lose. Here's the thing. Sixers tanked on purpose. Yeah. They were very adamant and very clear that, hey, we're not trying to win now. We're not going to sign players that are only going to get us so far. And we're going to develop rookies and sign a bunch of guys to 10-day contracts, see if we can get something. And a lot of people are angry about that because they're saying that they're not trying hard or they're just they don't care. They're just throwing away. It's a waste. They're not a good team, which is true. Um, But I think they took advantage of the rules. They kind of said this is how the NBA works and we don't care what anybody thinks. We're going to manipulate it to benefit us down the road. And he had the benefit of he went in when he got the job and the owners of the 76ers said, yes, we're all for this. Now, after four years, they kind of lost patience and he kind of got ousted. You definitely need that owner support. And another thing that helped was having the fans behind it. Trust the process. <laughs> well, there was an outcome. If you, if like Joel came out this year and wasn't good, or if he comes out even next year and still like isn't good or injury again or anything, then there's nothing to, you know, quote unquote, trust into. Like they just want to see something produced out of it. And I think there was the three years of like, yeah, Jakar Sampson is like your superstar, or like, yeah, or like uh, T.J. McConnell coming to the ranks, or Isaac, like Cannonball is like your like (laughs) quote unquote like go to guy. So it's stuff like that where people are like, this is getting boring, and you're winning sixteen to twenty five games in a season, and then Joel comes and only plays what thirty two games, and it's exciting. Any bit of hope is exciting, and then you got him this year. Simmons and whoever they draft a number three so yeah that's the crazy thing is I think there's such a team on hope right now um like you said Joel only played so many games Ben Simmons hasn't played yet Dario played he looked pretty good but basically this year it was a hurt Joel Embiid hurt Ben Simmons uh Dario who was still a rookie but the nice thing is they're kind of like right on the cusp of this and it's kind of like you can be great just don't mess this up yeah and that's what it's yeah. i say the same thing with the timberwolves between cap space and young talent it's the sixers timberwolves and i put like the suns have a good team mm-hmm. and it's a few other teams that are doing well too like jazz but they're saying with the money wise and like who can turn out well the sixers have one of the highest chances because i mean they're just stacked full of kids that are like 18 19 in their 20s yeah and they're saying the next five years, I mean, Golden State, yeah, they're on top now. You put them in five years, like, think people get traded, things happen, like, anything could happen. So they can't plan it out. But hopefully it works well for Sam Hinkie's plan. He would like to see that work. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, is age is such a factor. Because, like, an asset, as any other asset, it can gain value or it could lose value. And a huge factor is age. So you can have... LeBron James, who is the best player in the NBA right now, arguably, and he's amazing, and anyone would love to have him on your team, but would you trade Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins for him, who you have under contract for all these years, and they're significantly younger? Like, would you trade the Timberwolf situation to have LeBron James on your team? Yeah, it's so like, kind of the idea. It's win now mentality. Which I think I still would. I think he still has three, four years, and then even after that, he, who veteran knows? status. Yeah, I mean, if Richard Jefferson can be a role <laughs> player, I think 
uh, like LeBron James as a role player would be amazing. He could probably do it when he's 40. I don't see why not. If Vince Carter can do it, why not him? <laughs> but that's kind of the idea is, okay, the Warriors are really good, but every star player on their team is going to get paid $30 million, and there's only so much that you can pay, which is why it's so beneficial to have those rookie guys who are good and are cheap. So when you're looking at an asset, it's your the age of the player. So how much room they have for development? How much um, are they in their prime yet? Or are they going to decline? And then how much they're getting paid? So that matters because you could have um, a pretty good player, but if he's getting paid $50 million and he's not worth $50 million, then nobody wants him. doesn't matter. Carmelo Anthony's good. He's in the NBA. But right now, nobody really wants him because his contract's so big. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, like, Timothy Mozgov isn't a bad basketball player, but he's getting paid... Way too much. Yeah. If you were getting paid $1 million, then yeah, everybody would want him. So I just think when you're evaluating those assets, that's what makes it so much better. That's why the Celtics, it's that argument of, okay, do you want this number one pick of this guy who... Or is going to be good for four years and it's cheap and then you have rights to him after and he still could get better or, or do you, you want, want a star now yeah or do you want paul george for one year then you have and, to if, pay and they have a team that i mean it's not uh, super amazing that they got the number one seed as the Cavs sort of relaxed at the end of the season but uh, do they think they can win now mm. like can they get to the finals and even if they get to the finals for eastern uh, to like the Eastern Conference, can they beat the Warriors? So is there a point of picking up Paul George next year or like picking up Hayward and then someone else to go with him if the money's not there? Or do you develop and then who's going to be left? I mean, you can't just build it around Isaiah Thomas. That's the, <laughs> they, they need like a star there, but you're right. Yeah. When you're looking at NBA teams, there's teams who are contending. There's the Warriors. There's the Cavaliers. There's the Spurs to a certain extent the Celtics um might even drop them down but then below that you kind of have the teams who are close who okay if we make one more move or if things break our way trailblazers yeah clippers clippers yeah well we'll see with that you see and now they have Jerry West added on mm. yeah and I, that's the important thing is evaluating where you are as a team because then the next below that which nuggets the pacers um, the Bulls, it's kind of that, okay, we're maybe good enough to make playoffs, but then that's what? not really what we want. Yeah. And how much room for improvement do we have? The Hawks, um, the Trailblazers, a lot of those teams, their, their salary cap is filled up with these players. And it's kind of like, there's no more room for improvement here. All our players are above 26 they're getting paid a lot of money so we can't bring in any more people we don't have a lot of assets we don't have top picks so is this the best we're going to do and then that's what a lot of teams in that category decide okay we're going to blow it up and try again and that's the rebuilding teams that's the suns the timberwolves the 76ers the lakers and apparently the celtics too they (laughs) can be in two categories slow it up (laughs) um so i think that's I think that's four fair categories to put teams in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a cool website called NBA Assets. You ever check that out? No. Okay, so what they do is they base everything on the skill of the player, um, their salary, and how many years they're under contract and their age. 
So all those factors go in and they built a ranking system. And uh, I got to add, it's not just players. It's also draft picks. All right. So number one right now, they have LeBron James. I don't know if I agree with that. Next, <laughs> they have Kawhi Leonard, who has um, two years under contract and then a player option in 2019. Okay. After that, they have Steph Curry, then Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. And this is the best assets for this year. Best assets for this year. And they update this constantly if you want to check it out. I think they'll probably update it within the next few weeks because the season just ended. Yeah. Um, so definitely, but it's pretty consistent. Um, like definitely after the lottery went through, things changed because different teams, like it depends like if a player's not doing well or obviously if their contract up. Like Steph Curry is a great asset, but technically he's a free agent, so he's not really an asset until they sign him. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that like the loyalty they have from him. And they said they'd an do asset. anything to keep him too. Yeah. So I I would argue he's not an asset yet until right now he's anyone could have him technically. But yeah. so we'll see with that. Kind of the same thing with LeBron James. He has a player option, which means he can opt out of his contract. I'll just keep going down. Um, so after Harden, we have Carl Anthony Towns, John Wall, Draymond Green, Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid. Uh. Rudy Gobert, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Celtics pick. So it took 19 players until we got to a draft pick. So they're saying that in, in terms of an asset, if the Celtics wanted to, they would want, they would see it's fair or a deal for them to trade their number one draft pick for any of those guys above that. Yeah, or I guess similar. So after that, you have Jokic, Porzingis, Miles Turner. So I guess the argument is, okay, Miles Turner, what's he doing there? <laughs> That's crazy. So if they want a Jokic, which or someone that would fits be pretty in sweet. System. Yeah, yeah, someone fits in their system. Um, or Porzingis, they trade that number one pick. So I guess the argument is next year or after the draft, we should see Markel Fultz in that spot, assuming they pick him. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because the pick is normally – Normally, as soon as you make it, it loses value unless that player immediately lives up to expectations or higher. And the number one pick is such high expectations. Yeah, and I think the number one pick also has its own value of the team gets to choose who they want. That's so true. So if they yeah. trade, if I traded you a pick before the draft, it's your choice. It's not just Markel Fultz. It's say, let's say Josh Jackson fits into our mm -hmm. uh, system. Let's say Lonzo fits into our system. So then they that team gets to pick it. It's not, hey, Celtics picked Markel Fultz. He sits in that slot and he's good. It's the team assuming that this is the role player they need. Yeah. So that's why like Okafor, a lot of people are like, well, he was a number three pick. And he's like, well, he was, but that doesn't mean anything now. Because there's a big difference between saying we'll trade you the number three pick and we'll trade you Jaleel Okafor. A bench player with a bum knee. Yeah. Who, I mean, he could gain value. He plays better. I think as, when you start with the number one pick, expectations are so high. So if they don't live up to those expectations, you immediately lose value. So a lot of people argue, we'll trade it for an established star because you know what you're getting. So there's not a lot of headroom for outgrowing the asset. Which is interesting. So that's why a lot of people say like the Sixers should trade the number three pick for five and ten because the potential is greater. I can see that. But you're right. You don't get the player that necessarily like if you really like someone at number three, then take them. And I think the drop off is pretty large from yeah, eight to nine and 
Well, yeah, even the top three. Yeah, I think after between Josh Jackson, Marco Fultz, and Lonzo Ball, who's gonna go your four? Like De'Aaron Fox might be up in there. Yeah. Uh, Number five could be, I mean, Jason Tatum if they need a wingman. Just depends what each team wants. You're right. So just to summarize, an asset is anything of value that can be used or exchanged. But like a car or a stock, their value is fluid and dependent on the market. In the NBA, you have draft picks, player contracts or rights, and cap space. All these pieces or assets are building blocks for creating a winning team and eventually a dynasty. In the NBA, you're either a contender or you're not. A lot of teams are stuck in between, good enough to compete, maybe make playoffs, but never good enough to win it all. And with their cap space, invest in players who are not good enough or don't mesh well enough to win a championship. And because of how the draft is set up, these teams are in basketball purgatory. Some teams might find a new coach, swap out certain players, or cross their fingers. But a lot of teams enter a phase called rebuilding. When you rebuild, you generally trade away the players you don't see as long-term for draft picks or younger players. You also try to free up cap space in hopes of getting a superstar. Basically, get younger and hope for a great player through free agency or the draft. Sam Hankey thought, if you're going to tank, why not do it all the way? So over the period of about four years, the Philadelphia 76ers entered a self-dubbed period called The Process, where their focus was only getting as many top picks as possible by using trades, cap space, and building a team made for losing. The jury is still out on The Process, although a lot of teams have started mirroring what the 76ers first did, and they recently traded for the number one pick in the upcoming draft and hope to add a budding star to its young corp, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Dario Saric. So if you want to build a dynasty, it all starts with the assets. But getting assets is one thing. It's what you do with them that matters. Next week, we'll discuss the draft. But first... All right, so we talked about this a little before, but we have better mics now, so I want to talk about it again. If you could pick any player not considering their contract, just any player considering their age to build around, who would you pick? To build a franchise to mm-hmm. start off? Like if we were to have a draft of all the players in the NBA, it was based on like who number one pick got paid a certain amount and so on, but it was all For this age. next year? Yeah, for this next year. For this next year, I would pick up. For a lot, am I going long term or just, just one, one year? Next year, you're trying to win it all. Oh, LeBron James. After that, as the years go on, I'd want to build around either. It depends where Anthony Davis is, but I'd pick up Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. So, I feel like they have the most potential in their team, and also skill wise, they're going to be able to perform on the floor. And they're so young that they're able to do all that. Now, I would pick Joel Embiid or like Ben Simmons if I saw anything from them as a Sixers fan, but also they're their injuries don't really look good on them. It's yeah. a problem. I mean, I know Davis has a few as well, but he performs at an all-star level. And he's done it before. Yeah. Yeah. And he's made playoffs. and Yeah. So that's kind of the difference between the best player in the NBA and the best asset in the NBA. Because if we were going to say best player in the NBA, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving. I forgot Kyrie. Clay Thompson. Anyways, um, that's based on like, okay, right now. But if we were to build the asset list, which you can kind of see in here, Kawhi Leonard's higher than Steph Curry. And Giannis is higher than Kevin Durant. 
it's not necessarily because they're better players. I mean, you can make the argument with Kawhi Leonard over Steph Curry with defense, but definitely I don't think anyone would say Ante DeCumpo is better than Kevin Durant right now. Agreed, but you see the potential. In other, yeah. As a, that's what you're saying. And, and even say. the argument is he might never be better than Kevin Durant is right now, but that doesn't matter because the total production that you're going to get from him in the next 10 years versus Kevin Durant is a lot higher. Because mm-hmm. you have Giannis okay, you're going to compete for 10 years. You have Kevin Durant, you're going to compete for five years based on their age. And pay Kevin more. Mm -hmm. So if you were to build a team around someone that you would have that player for 10 years, who would you pick? I'd, I'd want, personally, if I was an owner, I'd want Giannis because he's, He's just fun to watch, got a good nickname, Greek Freak, and people like come to see like the excitement out of that. Now, if you're going just for skill for the next 10 years, I feel like Kawhi Leonard could be a good one to build around too. He just has something that is very, very good on the court, and I think he's young enough. How old is he? I think he's 25. 25, yeah. Like, yeah. And he's just, I mean, you see his progression is getting better and better. And he's a top three player, I think, in my book. Mm. So he'd be one that I would build around for the next 10 years. Okay. Yeah, I think you said something pretty important there is he's fun to watch. And you have to remember that, and I think that was part of Sam Hankey's mistake, is these are players and they're not properties, they're not businesses, they're not cars, they're not um, stock options or anything like that. So when you're dealing with the human factor, there's so much more that goes into it than just the numbers. Like LeBron James is very good, but you put him in a really bad situation and all of a sudden maybe he's not motivated or, you know, like Carmelo is very good. You put him in New York and get him frustrated and he's not going to play as hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So those things matter. And it also matters that it's the owners pulling the, pulling all the shots. So, they want to make money. So Kawhi Leonard might get me a championship. But no excitement. Yeah. Is but he gonna Giannis is going to get me more money. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, there are some owners who have enough money that they care more about championships. But a lot of owners, a lot of people in the NBA care more about the money. So if you're going to have an exciting player, that's a lot of times more important than actually having a good team. And that's why people say the Lakers, Magic wants to take Lonzo because he wants the Showtime Lakers to come back. There's more mm-hmm. excitement in that. And like that's more of a draw than his skill level. And it just is, it's the perfect fit to put the Lakers not back on the map, but bring fans back out to the Staples Center. But then they've been looking, I've seen on stuff online, and they don't want him because people are now looking at skill level instead of trying to draw in like either a leader or like someone to run the show again. Especially because we're so stat-driven. Like, we love triple-doubles. We love um, what's their shot percentage, how many threes are they making. But the nerds like us care a little bit more about the analytics, the deeper meaning, the win percentages, the PER, those factors that don't necessarily show up in the um, in the sheets, but it could be those hustle plays because they don't really track that as much. They don't track... Like you could watch a player, and that's kind of the eye test. I could tell you, okay, this player scored 40 points last night, and he had 10 rebounds, and um, he had 
12 assists. And you're going to say, wow, he had a really good game. And I could not tell you that he had 12 turnovers and he took 50 shots. And That's Russell Westbrook's stats right yeah, there. <laughs> and he was, his teammates got really frustrated because he took so many shots and they lost the game by 10. And he took a lot of bad shots towards the end. And he didn't. He also gave up uh, 30 points to the guy he was defending because he was only trying on offense. So those things matter. Um, maybe not as much to the casual fan. Maybe they care more about stats. But when you're actually building a team and worrying about who's a good player, then it more matters how they're going to affect the team. And that's the purpose of this podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We release an episode every week on Tuesday. Next week, we will give away custom-made Dynasty t-shirts to five listeners. Here's how you win. Subscribe to Dynasty on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, YouTube, or however else you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram at this underscore is underscore Dynasty. And finally, retweet, repost, share, like, or comment on any of our posts with the hashtag Dynasty Giveaway. Each time you do any of those things, you add another entry in for your name. So subscribe, follow, and help us share our posts and win a free Dynasty t-shirt next week. We will announce the winners next episode. See you next Tuesday.